Hi, and welcome to the Untold Arizona podcast, a series from KJZZ News. I'm Stina Sieg. Whether you were born here or you're new to the state, we're willing to bet there are some Arizona stories you may not know. Hoover Dam? Yeah, everybody knows about that. But we have a story about the very first dam. We're going to the Elvis Chapel. And no, it's not Gold like mine is about to reopen in Skull Valley. Have you ever stopped in Dateland for a date shake? The tepary bean weathered Arizona summers for some... How are archaeologists tracing ancient turquoise back to its source? 1960s. And while not as famous as Tombstone, it was just as bloody. This is Untold Arizona. In this episode, we're calling Historical Clashes. For our first tale, we consider how the site of a violent murder turned into a destination of hope for many. In Tucson's Barrio Viejo, our old neighborhood, evidence of the city's Mexican heritage is everywhere. Visitors come from all over to eat tacos, to admire adobe architecture, and if they know where to go, they can make a wish, too at El Tiradito. KJZZ's Laurel Morales tells the story of the Wishing Shrine. If you're not paying attention, you'll walk right past the humble shrine. It's in a dirt lot beside a popular Mexican restaurant. Step inside the alcove and you'll notice the smell of wax. Decades upon decades of burning candles have built up a thick wax floor. Take another step and you'll see little folded up pieces of paper, the wishes, tucked inside the adobe wall that lines the back of the shrine. On a recent sunny afternoon, a group of Cub Scouts descend on the shrine to make wishes. Eight-year-old Enrique Marufo and his dad place a candle in one of the wrought iron candelabras. Do you know what you're going to wish for? Uh, Money. Money? (laughs) What do you want to buy with the money? Toys. Do you think your wish is going to come true? Yes. Yeah, you hope so? Legend has it, if his candle stays lit all night, the wish will come true. Enrique's dad, Jesus Ricardo Marufo, remembers asking the wishing shrine for a lot more when he was his son's age. A car, and it was a 1965 Pontiac G2. His candle must have gone out because he didn't get the car. Jesus grew up in the neighborhood and remembers his grandmother telling him the story behind the shrine. It goes something like this. In the late 1800s, Juan Oliveras married the daughter of Francis Goodwin, a powerful rancher. But Oliveras fell in love with his mother-in-law, and the two had an affair. One day, the rancher caught the lovers in Goodwin's own bed and killed Oliveras with an axe. In her grief, the mother-in-law buried Juan where he died. He's called El Terradito, or the castaway, because as a sinner, he could not be buried by the Catholic Church in consecrated ground. Yeah, it gets a little convoluted. <laughs> it's just, it's very much like a novella, you know. Yeah. <laughs> That's Abram Cooper. He's writing a book about El Tiradito. For the last dozen years, Cooper has made it his mission to find out what really happened here. And he recently found a lead, a newspaper article from 1877 about a man who murdered his stepfather not far from here. But Cooper says he's discovered something more important about the Wishing Shrine. Whether or not a person was actually murdered here sort of ends up becoming secondary to the fact that people come here to leave wishes and actually pour their their pain and sorrow into this place. And Cooper says the name, El Tiradito, describes more than the man the shrine honors. In a kind of poetic sense, it embodies a lot of the feelings. This particular location and the, and the, the character, this figure of El Tiradito, is sort of a symbol for what happened in this neighborhood on a larger scale. 
In the 1970s, the city had plans to build a road through here. It was part of a large-scale urban renewal project that bulldozed many people's homes and businesses in El Barrio. But retired University of Arizona folklorist Jim Griffith says his predecessor, Bird Howell Granger, brought the road project to a halt when she applied and successfully listed the shrine on the National Register of Historic Places. It unified those Tucsonenses and made them feel they had power because nobody thought this would be possible. Griffith has recorded more than 20 different versions of the legend of El Terredito, everything from complicated love triangles to a man struck and killed by a bullet while walking past a barroom door. The stories reveal not so much something about what happened, but they reveal a heck of a lot about the culture that tells the stories. Griffith says it's like any other shrine or saint the people pray to. They are just trying to control the uncontrollable. Laurel Morales, KJZZ News, Tucson. Arizona's past is riddled with conflicts, including a merciless war that started in the tiny village of Young. And while not as famous as Tombstone, it was just as bloody. Over a century ago, a family feud escalated into killings from Tempe to Holbrook. KJZZ's Matthew Casey visited a place forever linked to a dark chapter of state history. Start the meeting at 9.30 on the dot. Members of the Pleasant Valley Historical Society sip coffee and nibble brownies on a brisk Saturday morning. It's the group's first meeting in a big year. President Marilyn Freegard goes through the agenda. Do I hear a motion to approve the treasurer's report? Renovations to the museum next door are almost done. It will reopen in April, just in time for summer tourists. Many will come here to learn about the Pleasant Valley War, which Freeguard says grew out of an ugly feud between two local families that stole cattle. Well, the Grahams did it, the Tewksbury's did it. I mean, I think it's still happening today, but I won't mention any names. The Tewksbury's actually invited the Grahams to settle in present-day Young, but their friendship became a slaughter, and vigilantes added to a body count that some say grew as high as 50. Historians have tried to document exactly what happened. But, Freeguard says, they ran into misinformation campaigns designed to protect those involved. After all, there's no statute of limitation for murder. We probably will never know the whole story. Young is in Pleasant Valley. The elevation is almost a mile high, and dirt roads are the only way in or out. Tall grass drew cattle ranchers here in the 19th century. Now the population tops out at 700. On Saturday afternoons, many go to Bruzy Vineyard for homemade pizza. In the dining room, owner James Bruzy pours mimosas. Originally from the East Coast, Bruzy has built a successful business in a remote place that didn't get electricity until the 1960s. You have to want to come here and you have to try to get here. It's not on the way to anywhere. There's no paved roads to get here. Bruzy says one thing that makes the Pleasant Valley War tough to follow is there was no traditional villain or hero. It wasn't one of those stories like Tombstone where you could say there was a good guy and a bad guy and, and they were right and they were wrong. One of Bruzy's customers is Jill Fortuny. She says the history of the Pleasant Valley War was tribal and shameful, but it gets romanticized with other gun violence of the Old West. When people ask me about the Pleasant Valley War, my 
response has always been uh, men with guns behaving badly. Fortuny is Young's postmaster, and her job is tied to another key piece of history. I have um, big shoes to fill. When locals set out to get a post office, they wanted to be called Pleasant Valley, but the name was already taken. Therefore, we came up with the name Young because that was the postmaster's last name. Fortuny once worked at the bottom of the Grand Canyon. She also wrangled mules on the north and south rims. But she loves being postmaster and the open space around Young. It's not perfect, but I can see the stars at night, and I like that. When the stars start to twinkle, some locals go to the bar. Hi, how are you folks? Good, how are you, sir? Good, what can I get you? Merle Saldin has owned this watering hole for more than 40 years. I felt more comfortable here than wearing a white shirt and tie to work every day. Saldin caters to the old-timers, a population he says has dwindled, just like the number of young families. Take this year, for example. The high school's senior class has just two people, and if you don't work at the school, ranching is pretty much the only other gig around. A kid can't grow up and be a cowboy anymore. Where back when we first came here, they had a halfway chance of doing that. But it don't pay anything. Saldine couldn't care less about the mystery of the Pleasant Valley War. For him, Young's greatest history came from the hardworking people who scratched out a living on beautiful and unforgiving land. Matthew Casey, KJZZ News, reporting from Young, Arizona. Because I'll fake you, you're drinking it. You've been listening to Untold Arizona, and this has been the Historical Clashes episode, with stories from KJZZ's Fronteras Desk reporters Laurel Morales and Matthew Casey. It was produced by Tiara Vian. The stories were edited by Mark Moran. The digital team is Jackie High, Sky Shout, Kaylee Schufeld, and Jean-Claire Sarmiento. For pictures, videos, and more, visit untold.kjzz.org. Have an untold Arizona story of your own? Drop us a line on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram using the hashtag untoldarizona. And check out our Facebook group, where you can connect with more people who love a good Arizona mystery as much as you do. I'm Stina Sieg. Thanks for listening.